But it's good to be here, good to be with you all. I um, want to direct your attention to Colossians, to the Word of God, to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, in your New Testament. Colossians chapter 1. If you could find verse 24 and pick up with me there, I'll read. Now I rejoice, Paul says, writing to the church at Colossae, in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages, and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all, my, all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Saints, for the few brief moments that I'll be sharing with you, I'd like you to hold this thought in mind, which is the title of the message. The heart of discipleship, the heart of discipleship. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me the heart of discipleship. And if there was a sub-thought, your God-given ministry, your God-given ministry, could, could it be possible that as we have crossed over into this new year of 2023, could God be calling you to be intentional about participating and what he is doing in the world. Let me rephrase that. God is calling you to be intentional about what he is already doing in the world. What is God's heartbeat? As his children and dear children of his it is incumbent upon us. It would just make sense that we would know and understand his heartbeat. Advent season has come and has gone. The arrival of his son. 
that time for me, the Christmas season, somehow, with all that goes on, it is not always a happy time for everybody, the holidays. Everything that's going on, it is difficult at times to get caught up in the spirit. But what I find, and what I find that works for me, is that when I'm reminded of Emmanuel, that God has sent his son, that he has stepped into eternity, virgin birth, incarnation, when I wrap my mind around those things, oh, my heart now rejoices in knowing that yet with all the chaos, with all the challenges that are in the world, God stepped into this world to begin the process and finish it on Calvary's cross, Advent season, Emmanuel, God with us. So, I don't know if you folded up your tree and you put it away. That's not what we do. We don't fold up our message and put it away. We look at this 2023, a new year, new reaping with opportunity to figure out creative new ways to live out God's heartbeat. The Apostle Paul found himself in jail, in bonds, prisoned, with all kind of things going on around, challenges all around him. He was arrested for the preaching of the gospel. This is one of the prison epistles. Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon, Philippians, the, the prison epistles, whereby Paul, he's writing to the churches as he's getting wind of, he's hearing about what's happening. And what's so special about Colossians, and I just encourage you that if you don't have a Bible reading program or that you're not, re, you know, intentionally reading the scriptures, make Colossians one of those letters that you not just read, but you breathe in because it speaks of the supremacy of Christ. Where Ephesians deals with the church, Colossians deals with the supremacy of Christ. And what was going on was these competing ideas and thoughts that were going around. The church was spiritually under attack. Some called it the Colossian heresy views and opinions that were contrary to orthodox teaching. For the Jews, it was legalism. Colossians chapter 2, 16 through 17. For oriental mysticism, Colossians chapter 2, 18 through 19. And Greeks, you had asceticism, a severe discipline to the avoidance of all forms of indulgement. That's what asceticism is. And you know, I, I signed a contract with myself in December, tw December 21st, 21. And I went a full year, gave up meat eating. Not that I would achieve some spiritual achievement, but I was a, 
making an attack, an effort to get my health together. And so what some folks did with asceticism, they would withhold and stay away from things, hoping to achieve higher heights of some spiritual attainment. You have that in this new wave of spirituality. People, all three of these things, the Jewish legalism, Oriental mysticism, Greek asceticism, are all works righteousness. Man's efforts to attain God's approval and what Paul was concerned with, that this was entering to church. Not necessarily the walls, but into the minds and the hearts and into the lives of God's people. And they were living these things out. And so Paul wrote to the church at Colossae that was under spiritual attack. I would like to draw your attention to 24, if you can look with me. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. You see that? Do you see that? I am filling up in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. How does that fall on your ears? I just want to let you know that, that there's a lot of ink spilled on defining what that means. There's a lot of books and discussion on discovering what that means. However, I want to just shine some light. I agree with those of the Gospel Coalition that what Paul is talking about here, let's just be clear, Paul is not in one phrase or sentence dismissing all that he wrote in the book of Romans about what Christ has achieved on the cross for us. Just to say that we now need to live in such a way that we fulfill the work. That's not what this means. What this means, saints, is this, is that he is participating in filling the gap of the spread of the gospel for when Christ died on the cross, at the foot of the cross, from there forward throughout the world, there's a huge gap. His afflictions are at the cross. But for the gospel to go out further, the disciples disciple. So Paul is filling up in his flesh the lack or the gap that is there. Now, each one of us, this is Paul, each one of us have a God-given call in ministry. There's areas that he wants you to fill up the gap. There's areas where he's calling you, whether it's in your family life, job life, neighborhood, wherever he's sending you, taking you, the heartbeat of God is always sending. So the Lord is sending his church, constantly sending. All right, all right, all right. It says, of which, of which, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make 
the word of God fully known. Don't you recall the Lord Jesus saying, greater works shall you do because I go to my father? That's essentially what he's talking about, that he is going to die and go back to the father, but the church is going to continue. When we give our lives to Jesus, right? We exchange, there's an exchange that takes place. He has died and he continues the life, his life, through the life of the believer. So it is the call and the, the, the press from the pulpit or from the, from the word of God is that this gets into the bones and the spirit of the saints that we live out, put feet on, that we live out the gospel. Paul says, the hidden, the hidden mystery, this is, this is awesome, saints, for ages and generations, but now is revealed to his saints. This, this idea of mystery, let me just, quick little background, this idea, this concept of mystery. Paul was trying to get the, the attention of his audience because, again, I remember I told you, competing ideas and thoughts and views were going on. And they were really caught up in mysticism and mystery. They were revering or venerating saints. I mean, I'm sorry, saints, angels. They were bowing down to angels. It was all kind of false teaching and doctrine going on. So when he mentions this mystery, which he doesn't just use now, he's used in other ways, but particularly to the church at Colossae, what he wanted them to see is this mystery that those in the Old Testament, the Old Testament saints, did not see, could not see, that those who were not Jews, the Gentiles, would also be grafted into God's family. Don't you know that if you're in this room right now, that if you were a Jew, if you're, if you're not a Jew, that the idea or the concept was that you were not a part of God's plan? The mystery now is pulled back. Paul was assigned to the Gentiles. Peter was assigned to the Jews. So Peter is ministering to the Jews to let them know that Jesus Christ is Lord, and Paul is assigned to the Gentiles, those of us, us who aren't Jews, to let us know that God in Christ Jesus is reconciling himself to the world. To them, to them, God chose, he chose to make known the great mystery I'm sorry, to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's so much there. I wish I could unpack it, but I got to finish up here with the main portion of the passage. Him we proclaim. I want to unpack for you and I'll get out of your way. Four Four major points of the heart of discipleship. Four major points of the heart of, the, of, the, of discipleship. 
We pick up here, him we proclaim, the heart of discipleship. Right there in the text, him, 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 him we proclaim. We were just singing as a body of believers. The name, say the name, the name of Jesus. Him we proclaim. The heart of discipleship is about making much of Jesus. Do you get excited about your Savior? I'm going to tell you, there's, there's, there's things. I've been coming for a while now. You know I like cycling. I make much of that. I tell everybody about, I did 60 miles. I did 75 miles. I got an app too, 100 miles. I make much of that hobby. I'm convicted. Do I make as much of a deal about Jesus as I do my little hobbies? I'm being challenged, y'all, 2023, to make a big deal of Jesus, 2023, and beyond, as the Lord tarries. The heart of discipleship, him we proclaim, sharing your faith, being bold when you're in the coffee room, lunch room, waiting room, bus, wherever you find yourself, school, at work, letting it be known that Jesus is Lord, that you are a child of God. Be bold in that. So many people are bold in themselves and discovering themselves and all kind of stuff going on. Be bold in who you are as a child of, a child of God and let folks know about Jesus. One of the challenges there, though, is not to make much of yourself. In the effort of doing that, You don't want to make much of yourself. Make much of Jesus. What did he say? If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. Don't get in the way of that lifting up of Jesus. The heart of discipleship. The means, the means, the means. It's right there in the text, y'all. Him we proclaim the means of discipleship. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Warning and teaching, but don't miss this, with all wisdom. Warning, yeah. The good news is that Jesus Christ has come, he's died on the cross, he's paid the price, but we don't seem to do a great job are talking about the bad part, the reality that every one of us, every man or woman, has an expiration date, that we're not going to live forever, that we are going to die, to be absent from the body, present with the Lord, and give an account for our lives. That's the truth. We are to warn folks that the wages of sin is death. And that's not just expiring on this side, eyes closing. That's eternal, biblical word, damnation, separation from God, from all, for all eternity. 
Warning, warning. Pastor, that was wonderful. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. I didn't just have one person in mind. I was, faces were coming to mind. There are people I see daily that I must, at the minimum, I have to warn them. Warn them. Teaching, teaching. And then explain, explain. You don't have to have reverend in front of your name. You don't have to have a title in front of your name. This isn't for those who stand on the platform. Sharing your faith is for all of us. Your unique story is yours. And only you can tell it, preach it, proclaim it, let it be known the way that you can. So let your light so shine. Tell someone your story and how you came to Christ. And then take the charge to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Take on that charge of learning God's word so that then you can do it with wisdom, with wisdom, with wisdom, meaning that you are thoughtful, that you breathe in culture, read people's story, take in background, find out what's important, and then connect the dots with the gospel in their lives. Wisdom. Figure out ways, creative ways, to say the gospel in new, fresh language to those God has allowed you to become in contact with. Lastly, now get out of your way. No, I'm sorry, not lastly. I got one, one more after that. The goal, the goal, the goal, the goal of discipleship. He said, him we proclaim. All right, that's the heart. Warning everyone, notice everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mature, mature. The Greek word there is teleos. It means to come to full age. See, the goal, saying, see, one of the things, I might have said this, I may have said this before. From my purview, from where I sit, how I look out at the church, um, and again, I love the church. I love the bride of Christ. I love, but I don't like to see her messed over. Don't like to see that. And I'm, I'm a participant in helping her grow and become mature and reaching all the fullness in which she is to become. And so our goal in warning and teaching with the wisdom is that we are not like what Paul says in Ephesians 4, like infants tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that comes through. That we're not immature. No one wants to be called immature. But that we are mature, that we are growing, that we are moving from point A to point B. I challenge you. 
If you haven't already, you know, your New Year's resolution, whatever, if it hasn't already fallen flat, I just challenge you to grow in Christ, to take, could he be, no, he is calling you. He is summoning you to be intentional in participating in what he's doing in the world. Last thing, I get out of your way. The cost. The cost. The cost of discipleship. He says, Paul says, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. For this, Paul says, I toil. This is no cakewalk. This is not easy. It's a challenge. It's an effort. It's, it can take sometimes all of our energy and then when our physical energy, you'll find if you, if you just dare to take God on, you'll find yourself in your strength at the end but then a fresh wind of his spirit allows you to do what you in your own strength could not do. Paul says, for this I toil. Notice this, struck, did, did he say anywhere, do you get the grasp that this is easy? It's a challenge, it's uncomfortable. But again, the God in whom we serve made himself uncomfortable. The God in whom we serve. When, when he, when the second person of the Godhead decided to come, he knew exactly what that sending mission was going to be about. Toil and struggle, 